Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Mary Rosette. And Mary Rosette is the uh, Director of Communications for Albany County. Hi, Mary. Despite the the, uh, glitch we had a little while ago, it's been a while since we talked talked about COVID. So kind of update um, our listeners as to, you know, exactly what's going on in the county. Uh, Well, we've been seeing a a consistent uh, number of positive uh, COVID tests. And when I say consistent, we've been seeing uh, numbers like we had seen uh, in the spring. And we'll make the comparison um, from October 1st to October 15th. Uh, we had similar pos- new positive cases as we did to April 1st to April 15th. And so some would say, um, wow, that's, that's very alarming. And while it is alarming that the raw numbers are the same, one thing that we do need to remember is that, that now we are testing um, many, many more people. The amount of the amount of tests that the, that we are able to do has greatly increased uh, since uh, we tested in April. So uh, while it is not a need for alarm, it is a need for concern. Uh, what we do look at is the rate of infection, and the governor has indicated that um, the rate of infection um, would like to, he'd like to see that at less than one percent. Uh, and that that has to do with the rate of transmission, right? So with the testing that we're doing now, the positive, the number of positive tests coming back are in the 2% range. Uh, so that, that is something that, you know, we need to keep an eye on. Additionally, what we need to keep an eye on, uh, and importantly, are the hospitalizations. And when we take a look at the number of those hospitalized, you know, it is a snapshot in time. And as we are talking uh, on October 16th right now, Albany County has 10 people uh, that are hospitalized. That's an increase of three people overnight. Uh, and we'd only had seven hospitalized yesterday. And we have one uh, in the ICU. Uh, so that is something, you know, people are hospitalized when there is a more severe case. And we know that those who suffer from um, underlying health conditions are impacted uh, adversely when it comes to uh, COVID-19. And we also know uh, that when we take a look at age, that those who are more senior in years uh, definitely uh, have a tougher time with uh, COVID-19. So we look at that hospitalization rate and I know that from yesterday, um, our hospitalization rate was, was 0.21%. Well, now with that increase, it's, it's, it's 0.30%. So the number of people hospitalized um, has gone up um, greatly. Now, fortunately, um, we have um, not seen any, uh, any new deaths. Um, we have uh, had 136 Albany County residents uh, die from COVID-19 uh, since it started. It's our first two cases uh, back on March 12th. And while, you know, it seems hard to believe, um, it is a reality that we've, we've been in this pandemic now uh, here in Albany County for seven months. What determines the uh, 
the criteria for admitting somebody into the hospital? Well, I'm not a, I'm not a, a physician, or um, so I can't you know speak to the specifics. But one one can draw um, some conclusions that um, you know a higher temperature, um, perhaps uh, with the fever, uh, and uh, ultimately uh, difficulty breathing. Um, and if it, okay. if it is to a certain point, then then that someone would be put on a, a ventilator, and that's what we'd heard about in, in the earlier instances, or much through um, much through the the, uh, the peak. Uh, as we should say, of the pandemic across the state. Um, but it's really a matter of, of if someone is um, not able to comfortably manage this and it gets a little, it gets beyond the control of being able to manage it uh, in your home um, with, um, with uh, quarantine. Uh, so, you know, there are some things if we think about many of the same um, kinds of, uh, of, of factors that apply when you get the flu uh, are some of the similar symptoms to those who um, have COVID. And so if you think about um, people needing, you know, lots of fluids, um, I would assume that if someone were to um, be uh, experiencing dehydration, that that would be, you know, something that, that would lead to them going to the hospital, you know, trying to keep a temperature down if they have a fever, depending on how high that, that may be, um, and also lever- levels of comfort. Um, with uh, actually the whole respiratory system, so um, it's also it's also a good time since I I did mention the flu and, and some of those other symptoms uh, to encourage people to get their flu shot uh, oh. because it is more important than ever uh, to make sure that you you get your flu shot and that you are also masking and social distancing. Wearing a mask is going to is, is certainly going to assist in not only preventing you from um, as a deterrent from from um, from spreading germs that are potentially infected with uh, with a COVID virus, but will certainly um, assist in, in in helping to protect someone from getting the flu. And you know, as I said, some symptoms are very similar. Uh, so you know, if you if you get a flu shot, chances are good that you'll be able to uh, to battle that and not have to uh, have to have the severe symptoms of that as well. Do you find that um, people wearing masks is, you know, is, is a lot of people are doing it. They're they're following the guidelines. Do you feel that's happening in Albany County? I, I do feel that people are making that the very strong effort to to do the right thing. I think that uh, often. Times when you see um, people perhaps not following, it's because they've simply they've forgotten their mask. They've gotten out of the car and they're walking halfway up to a store and suddenly realize and they go back to get their mask. It, this is something that is still new to us. Even though we are seven months in, you must remember in the beginning the advice was that you didn't need to wear a mask, that you shouldn't wear a mask. I mean, I still uh, in my office. Um, looked just the other day at, at one of the CDC posters that indicated you didn't need to wear a mask uh, and you were actually uh, told not to. Um, so for people to wear a mask now uh, is still relatively new. And so I think when you see that uh, person who is, you know, walking up to a store and then, you know, you, you almost have to you feel sorry because you've been in the same place sometimes where all of a sudden you've gotten out of the car and, you know, I have to unlock my car and grab the mask again. Um, because this is a life-saving, potentially life-saving measure. Uh, I do think that 
people need to remember that the mask needs to cover your face. It needs to cover your nose. It needs to cover mm-hmm. your mouth. So it should, you right. know, really go all the way under your chin. I do happen to see, no matter where I am, I do happen to see, um, you know, a, a fair amount of people that uh, are not wearing the mask over their nose or it falls under their nose. And I think in some instances probably it's, you know, a mask that uh, has gotten a little too stretched out, uh, and that's why, and there's difficulty. I can see um, it's hard to keep it up, but if you're not covering your nose and you're not covering your mouth, or if you're only covering one, I mean, that it, it doesn't, really, that doesn't work that way. You, you wear a mask to protect someone else from your, from your germs, and they wear a mask to protect you, and I think that's important to remember. I also think it's important to remember that um, there is mask hygiene as well. I mean, a mask is, you can't wear a mask indefinitely, right? So for the reusable masks that you can wash, you need to remember that that has to be washed frequently. Um, when you have the disposable surgical masks, you know, that there's that shelf life. It's probably a day. Um, and mm-hmm. you need, when you're removing your mask, uh, regardless of whether it is a reusable or or one of the surgical disposable masks, you need to make sure that you are not grabbing the mask from the front of it. I mean, it's protecting you from germs, right? So it doesn't really help if you're taking your hand and putting it all over the germs. You need to dispose mm-hmm. of, of that mask properly by taking, the, uh, taking it off by the ear loops. And the same is true with your reusable, taking it off by, by the uh, ear loops and then putting it in you know, either in the sink if you're hand washing it or putting it in. I put them in a little garment bag and and, uh, wash them along with my laundry. Um, You know, you have to keep that in mind, too, and I think people don't often think of that. Um, You know, there there are four four simple things to remember. You know, wear your mask properly. Wash your hands frequently. Social distance. And cough and sneeze into your elbow. I mean, if we do that then um, that's really a big part of the battle. There's been a lot of controversy about nursing homes in New York State. How is the nursing home faring in Albany County? Our nursing home has been done has been doing very well. Um, as a matter of fact, it's it's, it's been um, really heartwarming from a, in a couple of different aspects to one see. Uh, the care that uh, the residents receive. And because, unfortunately, uh, in the interest of of protecting our residents for so many months, they were not able to have in-person, face-to-face visits with their loved ones. And and our staff, uh, in very many ways, um, was and is uh, the residents' family. And taking... Um, taking that uh, extra step to making sure not only uh, were they helping families stay connected with televisits um, on iPads, et cetera, um, helping uh, residents when uh, the family might be outside at the window, bringing them up to the window um, so that families could, could visit uh, in that way, not the normal way, but a way that, that at least, the very least, you could see each other. And and the staff, you know, there are some residents, just to share one, one story in particular, there was, you know, a resident 
um, who um, suffered from memory loss and was very uh, used to having, um, I can't remember if it's a son or a daughter, uh, come daily uh, to, to see this resident and the, the staff member sitting with that resident um, when the resident uh, would think that um, that the staff member was the son or the daughter, and really, you know, taking care of uh, that that resident and making sure that 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 resident knew that um, that she was loved and that there was someone there for her. You know, it's on the flip side, uh, yeah, it's 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 heart it's heartbreaking when someone passes and you haven't been able to be with your with your loved one right in the last several months. But it also right. is reassuring when you know that there is some someone there. It's also reassuring when when members uh, of the community have have gone uh, to Shaker Place Rehabilitation Nursing Center. They've been outside and they've done everything from you know deliver food um, to staff to say thank you for for what you're doing to doing chalk drawings on the sidewalk, uh, thanking the uh, the staff for what they're doing. Uh, to holding parades for the, outside of, of Shaker Place, holding a parade uh, for the residents so that um, they would know and could see and have some kind of entertainment and say, hey, we're here for you. We can't be inside with you, but we're here for you. And now, you right. know, now that there, have, there are different changes in, in the guidelines, um, you know, those, those visits on a limited basis can take place um, face-to-face. Um, in our one of our outdoor areas uh, that we have, but you know it is it is hard still not to be able to you know you want to go and you want to go and give mom or dad or or um, you know Aunt June a hug, right. and you still can't. And uh, it's it's for the protection of our of our most precious precious residents, right? Right. How how is the coronavirus um, with the with younger people, you know, college age students and even elementary and high school students? How's mm-hmm. that work uh, in, in Albany? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's tough because we are social, very social beings, and right. The, mo- the most social of all of us tends to be um, our, our group that, uh, our age group, our 20 to 29s, that 20 to 29-year-olds that continue to be uh, generally the ones that are asymptomatic when it comes uh, to COVID-19 and continue to be the ones that, um, because they're asymptomatic, are spreading it. Um, if we actually take a look uh, and we, anyone at any point in time can go to albanycounty.com, our website, and if you go on the top, there's a click here about coronavirus, and you can navigate. It takes you to uh, our um, Albany County Health Department page on coronavirus and a dashboard, different dashboards. You can actually see the positive cases uh, by zip code. You can see positive cases um, you know, overall. You can see... Uh, you know, on a, on a map, you can actually see on a graph um, positive cases by age throughout the county. And so, you know, as a snapshot in time today on, on, on October 16th, 
of all of those tested in Albany County, the 20 to 29-year-old age group has, has the highest rate of positives of those who have been tested, and that's 849. Now, that's the next closest is the age range of, of age 50 to 59, of which I am in that age range, 451. So it's almost, you know, you, you take a look at the number and it's almost almost half um, of what the 20 to 29-year-old age group um, has tested, uh, has tested uh, when it comes to positive. When we look um, at, at COVID uh, overall and of, and of all the testing, um, I can give you the, the latest data for up to October 14th. We had tested in Albany County, as of that date, over 160,000 um, county residents. And out of that, 3,369 had tested positive. So that's the positive, uh, the percentage was only uh, just over 2% out of every, all of, all of those tests. Um, but as I said earlier, uh, when it comes to um, testing, we, you know, we're doing more tests, but we still have a consistent number. I have, that seen, are I have seen the county executive on Women International Day, uh, which was, I believe, March 10th. And it was just uh -huh. a few days later that everything started closing down. When this hit, did it take you by surprise, Mary? Um, not really. We knew that it was coming. I think that the only thing that like, I think that surprised me is that there were so many people that didn't believe it was true. And it's difficult sometimes. Uh, I say this. This is this is a personal reflection. I think it's difficult sometimes when, you know, I'm in this position and I know what I know what separates facts from fiction, and then to actually hear people spinning different tales about what this isn't. Um, and I can't say that it's that it's all a person, an individual's fault. We're only as good as the information we get. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so, so I, as an example earlier, you know, the whole mask thing, we're only as good, we only know to wear a mask if someone says that that is the best thing. And when they're telling us it's not, you're going to believe that. Um, even mm -hmm. though one would think common sense dictates that, you know, you, you should and it will protect you. So in some instances, you know, I, I just, I would shake my head, but I had to remember that I'm getting all this information. We're getting all this information in the pipeline to share and so I have access to more information than, you know, someone who may be tuning in to the news, even, even back in, in March when this was all happening, even at the end of March, um, when they're basically people were in their homes, may not have been paying attention to the news maybe once a day. Um, and we now know that, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, some of the effects of the pandemic include what we knew all along would happen and that people would, ha would be suffering from some mental health crises, and which is why the county executive established a special um, mental health line um, right in the beginning in that first week so that people could call and just talk about what their anxieties, their fears were, and maybe still are. 
Uh, I know since then now that the, the number of calls has, has greatly dwindled. Um, but people were calling and people were scared. And the unknown, we're always afraid of the unknown, right? Um, right. I think that I think part of the, one of the dangers now is when people hear that the number of positive cases is going up, when they hear about the hot spots, the red zones, the yellow zones, as the governor is calling them in the, in the different parts of, of our state that are experiencing um, very high levels of, of COVID-19 positive cases, the danger is people go, go to the worst place and they say, okay, then we need to, we're going to be shut down again and we can't do this again and whatever. You know, do I think we're going to be shut down again? I think if the numbers get where the red zones are, if that starts to spread right, right across the state, that's sort of a distinct possibility. But I think what's more, what's more realistic is that there will be certain areas that would be um, shut as the red zones, as the governor is implemented now in certain areas where there are restrictions. Um, but the fact of the matter is that we need to to keep this under control. And shutting everything down, I don't see that right now as being widespread. Um, but I think people need to be aware that the things that I mentioned before, and I'll continue to mention as the county executive does, you need to wear a mask. You need to social distance. You need to wash your hands frequently. You need to cough and sneeze into your elbow. You cannot be complacent. Now is not the time to say, okay, I've had enough and I think it's over because I don't think the numbers are showing me that, that we're going into a, a second wave. I don't think the numbers are showing me that it's something I need to be concerned about. I think there, there is some of that that's, that's out there, and that can be very dangerous. You know, it was just a couple of weeks ago that uh, – President Trump was admitted to the hospital. He was discharged a couple of days later, and now he's running around the country. And it seems, it seems so surreal that, you know, somebody who had had the coronavirus is running around with um, and pe- with with large amount of people. And when and he's not wearing a mask, and and the his uh, followers are not wearing a mask. It's it's pretty frightening, don't you think? Well, you know, this is about putting politics aside, right? You know, I'm a communications person, right. and I know that the best the best way to communicate a message is not only by saying it but doing it. And I think that the wrong message is being sent when we know that the virus is spread, if you're not wearing a mask, the chances of spreading that virus when you are also in close proximity is even greater. So it's disturbing to see people anywhere not masking, being packed in elbow to elbow somewhere, not socially distanced. You know, I know Mm -hmm. that people say, well, I'm socially distanced, so I don't have to wear a mask. Or I have a mask on, so I can be close to someone else. You know what? Not necessarily true. You know, think about it. If we shed virus, and as, as the as medical professionals have said, we, we, sh- we shed the virus, if we have it, over a period of days. And there's a, uh, an incubation period of between two days and 14 days. So let's just say, uh, Cynthia, that you and I, 
were next to each other, elbow to elbow, and let's say that I had the virus and was asymptomatic, and I was touching my face and coughing into my into my hand, and then, you know, maybe wiping my hand at some point on my clothing, whatever. We talk about high high um, touch areas and frequency and possible transmission through things that you touch. Let's say you then touched me, or we shook hands, which in this day and age you don't see. Let's say we shook hands. Mm-hmm. And then you haven't washed your hands, you go home, and what happens? Maybe you, maybe you get sick right away. Well, maybe you get, don't get sick at all, but maybe you do get sick right away and have some symptoms. Maybe you don't have any symptoms until day 14. And in the meantime, right. you've been interacting with other people, right? So, you know, what happens then? And then when the contact tracing starts, how many people have you interacted with in that period when you did not even know or feel sick? And how many people have I, just by default, gotten sick? I mean, I think there's that Mm -hmm. real danger. And I think this is not a fantasy. This is not something that we make up and it's not something that's just in the movies. This is a reality. We know that this happens. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, you know, if you want to keep your family safe, if you want to keep your friends safe, if you want to keep yourself safe, you've got you to gotta follow the guidelines. And so there's, a, there's a, another danger with the holidays, you know, coming up. Because with Thanksgiving, it is very much a family holiday, right? right. And people, people want to get together and they want to, you know, um, you know have their traditional meal. You know, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily such a good idea. I mean, you want to see everyone, but if people are coming from different places and interacting with all kinds of different people, it only takes one. It only takes right. one to to be carrying the virus unknowingly and and bringing it in and and, and and into that into that scenario and then what happens. So I'm I'm very fearful. I'm fearful people aren't aren't going to follow um the mass gathering rules either. I mean there are families that that are very large. I, right. I come from a very large family. I will not be seeing my family for Thanksgiving. And that's mm-hmm. that's tough. It, it is. It's really hard. But it doesn't so, make sense. So we have just about a minute left. Um, if somebody wants some information from Albany County about COVID, uh, how can they do so? I think the best thing to do, and it's and it's very easy to access. Best thing to do is to go to um, albanycounty.com, and when you go to albanycounty.com, there is a red tab at the top of the website. It's called COVID-19 updates. It's got testing sites, screening options, all kinds of information and resources. You click on that, brings you right to a page that has coronavirus um, information, everything from our updates from our videos to um, the data and statistics dashboard that I talked about, where you can see the latest information, where you can get tested, what kinds of tests uh, are offered, uh, additional resources and links. There's everything you can possibly imagine, uh, as well as phone numbers if you need to reach out for, um, for some, some support, perhaps for mental health support, uh, or anything else uh, you would need, along with our latest press releases. 
Mary, thank you so much. And I am sure we will be talking again about this because I don't think this is going away tomorrow. So you have been listening to you've been listening to Mary Rosak, Director of Communications for Albany County. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is focused on Albany. If you like the show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Mary, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, and thank you everybody for listening. Stay healthy. Thank you, you too.